Welcome, welcome, welcome to my podcast, Leaving Religion, a guide to navigating the waters after religion. I am your host, Amanda Joy Loveland, and man, that title is a little bit of a mouthful. I knew I needed to change it from Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind um, to more of this, but I, I need to figure out a little bit of a shorter title, something that encompasses this, but with a shorter title. So if you have any ideas, shoot them over to me. And if you're looking for a community, I'm tr- I am in the process of growing a private Facebook group that is currently entitled Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. So if you're looking for a community, head over there, join the conversations and share, share possible podcast title ideas um, over there. I would love to hear them. And as you may have already seen, I just launched a in-body experience that I get to co-facilitate with three other amazing women. And this experience is September 22nd through 25th down in Springdale, Utah, and is going to be an unbelievable experience. The, the reason that it felt so guided to do this is, I don't know about you, but so many of us are in a place of our, where our souls are asking to be fully embodied. We chose to be here in a physical body. And while we are trying to attain all these spiritual aspects of ourselves, which is beautiful and seeing what we're capable of and our gifts and our abilities, it is crucial to embody all of them and be in the physical and be in the here and the now with those pieces and allowing ourselves to be fully seen because the embodiment and the body is the key. So by stepping into this experience with us, we will be guiding you and walking you through different different experiences, different exercises to fully be embodied. And then we're actually doing an after program, after the retreat, after this experience to where we'll be continuing to assist you in integrating these pieces. Because far too many times people go to retreat experiences and they have unbelievable things come through to them and love how they feel in that space. And then trying to integrate it at home is challenging. So we are going to walk you through that and actually have created a course to assist you in that as well as we'll be doing some Zoom calls and other things. So if this is something that you are feeling a soul yes to, then you are to be in this space. We are calling in some absolutely amazing individuals that we get to co-create this space together with. And we are limiting the space to 14 individuals. So if you are a yes, we anticipate this selling out quite quickly Um, head over. In fact, I'm recording this a week in advance. So we'll see how many spots we've sold by the time this releases. Head over to my website, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash in body. That's I-N-B-O-D-Y. And I will put the link in the show notes. So today's episode is quite different. And I was really, really grateful that this beautiful woman that I really don't know, we connected through social media and then kind of tried to record a few different times, but got to step into this space just recently via Zoom. And as we stepped into this space, I was shown pretty quickly that we get to actually treat this a little bit like a session. So this is very candid, very real, very raw for her. And I was so grateful that she showed up so just stunning in this space. So as we dive in, you'll hear how it shifts pretty quickly. And we, I, I guide her through a few processes. And then she shares some of her story that 
that I that many of us can relate to and is something that we get to really talk about. A lot of it has to do with trauma and some different pieces along her story that coincides with religion, kind of dances in and out. So without further ado, let's dive into this conversation that I got to have with Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. I am so excited to sit down with you and you and I don't know each other. So this is really fun because I don't know. I really don't know anything about you. So today I'm sitting down with Rachel Wheeler and we are recording via zoom. Welcome. Thank you for coming Rachel and saying yes. Yeah. Thank you. So you said you've never done a podcast before. So I know all sorts of little nerves come up, especially talking about, um, Talking about this kind of a topic can be challenging for most, but it's always fascinating when our soul says yes. Yeah, my soul says yes about nearly everything. <laughs> so. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, I love it. What I don't know where you want to start in your journey. It feels it feels like you already know where you want to go. Have you thought about have you been feeling into this? Um I mean. I really don't know anything at this point. <laughs> tell me, tell me what that means. You don't know anything. Uh, I, I mean, my whole life I've had all kinds of interests. Like I'll be taking classes and learning new skills probably yeah. till I die. Um, so I get really passionate about anything I get to learn and I love learning, but the more I know, the, the more I learn, the less I know, obviously. Right. So I, I totally confident in a way, but I never really did have very much confidence. So that's okay. Yeah. So it feels like I've never actually had this with any of my guests so far. So I'm going to, I'm going to offer something into this space and you get to say yes or no. Okay. It feels like as you're sharing your story, there's also pieces that it seems like you're still kind of unwinding from that we may process through the podcast. How are you? How are you with that? Yeah, that sounds amazing. Are you okay? If this is almost like a little bit of a, like an actual <laughs> session. Yeah. Are yeah, you amazing? Because I, I feel very um, uncertain and directionless right now. I can feel it's one eleven as we're talking about this. So if yeah. your game, then I, we're going to kind of treat this a little bit like a session and we're going to, um, unwind some pieces. All right. Do you feel comfortable with that? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> so I, tell me all the help I can get. <laughs> well, <laughs> a, I would love for you just to take a moment and actually acknowledge all the places that you have been and where you are now. Okay especially how the last few months have there been, has there been a lot of unwinding and a lot of shifts and a lot of movement? Um, I probably, um, I've done a lot of unlearning in the past, probably, I mean, I'd say 16 plus years, but the last eight years more intensely. So just a lot of unlearning. And how now, long is and now what? Sorry, there's because we're on Zoom. Sometimes there's a little bit of a delay, which drives me a little nuts, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, and now I just feel kind of stuck. Tell me, speak a little bit more stuck in where, where do you, when you take a breath, 
and you just check in with your body, where is it? Where is that stuck feeling in your body? Uh, in my chest, grief, and then in my really everywhere in different ways, but okay. How long have you felt this way? Most of my life, (laughs) almost life. (laughs) So all your life, what, what is, have you always been really aware of this feeling of being stuck or is it seem more acute now? Yeah, I've, I've always been aware to some degree. Um, when I was a, a baby and a toddler, I would just, I would scream until I fainted. <laughs> and I don't know, I feel like some of that was definitely um, the parenting that I was receiving and I didn't get to like have my own will or my own voice or anything. And so that was really frustrating to me. And I also probably felt limitations of my physical body, but I um, started developing my talents pretty fast, pretty early on and was tended to be pretty natural at most things that I tried. So that's where I found my worth and value is in doing. What did you do? Yeah. What were you good at as a as a child, as a youth, as a kid, uh, sports, art. And then when I became a teenager, I started developing all kinds of things like poetry and caretaking and baking and cooking, piano by ear, singing, flute. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and all the while, while you were doing all those things and becoming really good at that, and, and, being seen in those ways, how did you feel inside internally? Uh, not good. I was fighting against myself and being kind of a tyrant, making sure that I did things exactly right. And if I didn't, then it was like punishment right away because that way I could guard myself from any punishment or judgment from the outside. Like nothing hurt bad as the pressure I put on myself. Well, and oftentimes, especially when we have things like that, that are going on within us, we'll keep, we'll move, we'll keep moving really fast. We'll be doing the next thing, doing the next thing, doing the next thing. What can I go and spend my time in now? Because it's a distraction, right? From what's going on internally. Yeah. That's how I used to be. Yeah. Now I like just sitting still. I just want to rest and draw and create, create anything. That's my happy place. Mm. So you're, you are a creator. Yeah. That's beautiful. What do you love to create? Um, I draw. I, I don't know if you've seen anything on my Facebook post, but I usually post with one of my drawings, my more recent. I draw, I sit down and play the piano. I sing all the time. Mm. Uh, I crochet. I sew. But lately it's been more just drawing with all different mediums. Do you, and I haven't seen that. I'm excited to go check it out. Um, do you find yourself when you, do you dream a lot when you sleep? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a dreamer. And also visions, visions and dreams have always been pretty much there. So do you, do you travel a lot? Do you know what I mean when I ask that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I work out things with relationships and even between awake and asleep, I see people doing things all the time and people before I meet them as well. Sometimes. 
what, what, um, spirit is showing me is that you are very etheric being in a physical body, right? So you can tap into a lot of different realms and a lot of different places at while being in the physical and, um, and you feel things you're quite sensitive. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. Now, if we were in a full session and you were sitting here in my treatment room, I would tell you that I feel like my whole job here is just to point you back to you. So I am a hollow bone or a vessel just to receive information and to assist you in seeing you and those parts of you that you're asking to unwind and get more clarity around. However, I'm human just like you are. So I have my own filters. So if anything comes through that doesn't feel true to you, just put it aside. Uh And that way it gives you and I both permission just to step into this space and let us both be held with whatever gets to come through. And if it doesn't resonate, beautiful. If it does, fantastic. But you have autonomy, choice, and sovereignty in this conversation. And hopefully you know that in life, but I just, I just want to speak that to the space. Um, if you, are you open to doing a little guided, um, journey for a minute? Sure. I don't know if you're comfortable with where you're at or if you want to lay down, it's completely up to you. Okay. Um, maybe I'll lay down. Okay. Holy cow. Did you just hear that? We're having background noise. This is it. This is, I'm really, I love playing right. And in each conversation I have or each session or podcast interview, we get to play. And I don't know what is happening outside in my house, but some kid just dumped a bunch of stuff (laughs) and your boys are all playing in your house. So it's like, this is life, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, Well, I would love to invite you just to allow yourself to settle in bringing all of your energy into your body. Now we're just going to call in your angels, your guides, just to surround this space between both you and I, and to just kind of put a little bit of a barrier at your bedroom door so that your children are taken care of for the next 30 plus minutes so that you can just rest and be completely present in this space. Just seeing a bubble of light, a circle of light coming around you now, holding you, creating a conduit, connecting us to both earth energies, Pachamama energies, and to source the divine God. Just opening that space. And again, just imagining all energy of you coming back to you now so that you're completely present in this moment, fully embodied And taking a few deep breaths, allowing you to settle even deeper. And for those of you listening, you are welcome to also do the same. And I would invite you, Rachel, just to imagine yourself somewhere in nature, somewhere that feels safe, going there now. Notice your surroundings. Are you in the mountains? Are you by an ocean, a lake, a stream, a river, or even the desert? Where are you? Just see it now. Notice that your feet are barefoot. 
and allow yourself just to be completely present and grounded in this space. Noticing if it's if the sun is up or if it's moon, if it's day or night. Is there a breeze? Are there any animals around you? Any birds? Good. As you're in this space, you'll notice in the distance a child walking towards you. See her now. And as she comes towards you, notice how old she is. Do you see her? How old is she? She is 14 months or two years. Yeah. And I want you just to kneel down in front of her. And reaching out, taking her into your arms and holding her. Bringing her heart to your heart. And as you are holding this little girl, this version of you, taking deep breaths and breathing her essence all the way into you, fill those parts of her that just want to be held. Fill those parts of her that just want to feel reassured that everything is okay, that she's safe. That being in a physical body and all the senses that she's picking up on, all the pieces that are so foreign to her, offer her comfort. And if she could talk, what would she say to you now? What is it that she needs, this little girl? What does she need? No, that she won't be abandoned. Yeah. Can you give that to her? Yes. Yeah. What else does she need? She needs to know that um, she's not alone. And walking into the unknown, she'll be watched over, Mm. kept and held. Who does she want to invite into this space so that she knows that she's never alone? Is it you? Is it someone else? Does she have a guide that wants to come in to see it now? And what I'm being shown is actually inviting you. There's two beings coming in. One looks like the Divine Mother. And also whatever source God that wants to show up for you gets to come to this space. What are you noticing? I noticed some resistance on my part. Is it because it's FaceTime and we're recording a freaking podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, but more, um, I can't seem to get past the feeling of, Feeling unworthy. Yeah. Did how long has she had this feeling of being unworthy? Have you had this feeling of being unworthy? Um, I don't know. Since I was little. I want to just finish this little process and then we're gonna step into another piece and clear that. Okay. Okay. You game? 
So just closing your eyes for a moment. I know for me, I can see better and I can feel better when my eyes are closed. I don't know about you, but just staying in that space in nature, holding that little girl, that version of you. And what I keep being shown is she's asking to come back home to you. Is that available for both of you? Yeah. Yes. Right now in this space, and we're still going to go and clear it, but can you tell this little girl, can you give her all that love, that feeling of worthiness from the adult you to the child you, can you give her as much love, unconditional, beautiful love, nourishment, support, and that divine feminine mother energy that you now hold? Can you give that to her? Yes. Yeah. Can you see how worthy she is of love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're ready, as you're holding her, can you imagine bringing her all the way into you? So embracing her, imagine her cells, her being starting to integrate with yours. And as it comes in, you'll notice almost a twinkling or this light that happens as her cells merge back into you. So she comes home. She's welcomed home. And that part of you that is fractaled off is coming back to you now. So for more wholeness. Breathing that in, breathing her in, breathing it all into your cells, your tissues, your neural pathways, into your organs, moving through all the energetic bodies, through the astrals, outside of time and space before you chose to incarnate, just bringing her all the way in. And let me know when it feels complete. And as you're noticing her coming in, I want you to notice that a a bubble or almost like a field of light now starts projecting through the crown of you all the way around you, creating like a teredal field of light that now fortifies your space so that nothing that is unwanted can enter. And allowing yourself to see that teredal field going up and out of the crown and down around into the earth, down into the earth chakra, the earth star, and coming back up into your feet. Feel that cycle of energy coming up and out and down and around. What I'm being shown is bringing this part of you back in is now fortifying your space. Unlike you've had it fortified before something about that aspect of you that fractaled out created a opening or an availability. So now that she, that's back in is creating this protection. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's probably exactly what I needed. That's why I didn't feel safe before. So I needed something. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go clear this piece of being unworthy of feeling unworthy. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if it's still there, if I have that safety now. I can we can check in. The fact that you verbalized it. So what's fascinating about um our unconscious or subconscious mind is our subconscious mind is what is driving our reality, right? Mm-hmm. It's like um maybe 20, it's probably less than that. I know it's less than that. Maybe 15% of our reality is is from our conscious mind. The rest of it is actually the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind that is creating our outer world. Yeah. 
So if you have a limiting belief that's hanging out there and has been since you were a child, which is when our limiting beliefs are formed. So from the ages of zero to nine, I don't know if you're aware of all of this from the ages of zero to nine is when we form our beliefs of the world, how it should be, how we should be in it. So at a young age, if you were not held or supported in the ways that you needed to be, then you would form this belief that you're unworthy unworthy of love, unworthy of all sorts of things. And because the subconscious mind doesn't have, it's like our blood pumping through our body. It just does. So it will continue to prove you right. You have this belief. It's going to prove you right. So you're going to continue having things show up over and over in your world that will prove to you that you're unworthy. Mm -hmm. You're not worthy to continue that thing and finish that to completion. You're not worthy to have whatever it is in your life. What were you going to say? Yeah, it's interesting because I've got these, I mean, a lot of us have dual perceptions. I um, realized about, I don't know how many years ago, five years ago, I had a dream where there was a haunted house and I walked in and I wasn't afraid anymore. There were scratches on the door um, into a room, like someone was trying to get out of the door. And then I looked up on the shelf and there were some dolls, some beautiful dolls. And it wasn't creepy. It was just like, I knew they were children that needed to be brought back to life. Mm. And then, um, I said, it's okay. You're safe now. You can come out. And there were five different girls that were different versions of me Yeah, and different pastel colored hair and different hairstyles. And they started walking out into the world, but they were curious and had no idea how to navigate the world. And I felt this overwhelming sense of responsibility to guide them and to make sure they were with me until they could learn how. Yeah. yeah, I learned that I disassociated from the time I was young and created all these different parts. And so I, I've um, integrated them for the most part, but I think I still need sometimes outside help. The only people that could possibly understand because I've done so much work and studied so much on my own, but Juan, really, we are all here to help each other home and home is back to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, like you, I do my work all the time too, but it's like, it never stops, right? We're always, <laughs> I was just writing about this because we're doing this in body experience. And, and I just had a conversation with someone who actually came up to me and, and just said, you know, thank you for being real and authentic when you post. And I, and that sat with me for a minute because oftentimes we think one day we're going to be there. We're going to arrive. And it's like, no, I don't care who you are. And if anybody ever postures that they have it all together, they're lying. We're always integrating and always learning and always pulling in parts of us. And sometimes we do get to, to have outside help because some of these things, especially to what you're speaking of, it's challenging when we're looking at fractal parts of us and sometimes just having somebody else guide you know, hold you in that space and guide and pull, assist you in pulling that back in. Mm-hmm. Very, very helpful. Yeah. So I, um, I'm always aware that, I mean, I have the mindset, the conscious awareness, I guess, to say that I am whole, I am healed. Um, but, and I do believe that all the right people and experiences come when they need to to bring things up and also to help us navigate through them. So absolutely, a perfect trust. I just, 
Uh, it's, I guess it's hardest when I'm caught in the moments of weakness. That's the time that I just want to be alone and reflecting and creating and breathe through it and go outside barefoot in cold water. That's my favorite thing or swim in cold water. You have learned so much through these parts of you that you have fractaled away. It's actually forced you to know more of who you are is what I'm being shown. If you didn't, if you didn't have, can you see that if you didn't have all those experiences, all those places to where it was challenging, especially as a child, that it, you wouldn't have been able to learn and cultivate and grow to where you're at today. Yeah. Can you see that? I appreciate all of it. And I can yeah. meet, meet so many people um, where they're at and understand them where nobody else can. Right. Really grateful for it. Um, but I think I long to somewhat be understood. And that's where what you just did is probably going to come in handy. Just learning how to do that for myself and feel safe because I do have little girl sides that just, I mean, I am, I love so, so powerfully, I think. And I just give it all away. So I gotta, I gotta learn how to, um, you just taught me how to do what I need to do. So well, and it's asking that question for yourself of what what part of me is asking to be held and loved unconditionally, no matter what it looks like, what it sounds like, what part of me looks crazy. I mean, there's what what you're speaking to is something that I feel like I I am assisting myself and more and more of us in coming to wholeness, which means we get to completely embrace those parts of us that we've shamed, that we fractaled off, that we, we have ignored because of, I mean, the list, the, we could rattle off all the reasons why, right. Yeah. And those are the parts of us. I love that you had that dream of that's not, it's not scary to me anymore. I, um, I recently watched the, um, Dr. Strange, the last movie. Have you seen that? Um, yes, I have. Do you remember the part where he goes to do the dreaming and he asks whatever his, his, you know, girlfriend, not girlfriend in that space. Hey, I, I need you to look out because they're going, the demons are going to come because I'm entering a place I'm not supposed to be. You remember that part? Yes. And they start coming in and they're going in and they're totally taking him over. And she says, I can't remember exactly what she says. Do you remember what she says to him? No, I don't, but I, yeah, I, I believe if I remember correctly, she says, you're a magician, use them. And all of a sudden it, he transmutes the energy of like, oh, these little buggers don't have any power over me. It's just energy. It's just something that I can utilize. And then he creates a cape, his cape with them. And now they, do you remember this? Um, I didn't know he created the cape with them, but that part definitely stood out to me because that's the, the imagery that I have in my mind all the time right now. So it must be the work that we all need to do. 100%. And standing up on a rock is my imagery, mm. uh, but they can't reach me anymore. Well, or they can, they can still, it's like all, I think what we're and stuff like that. Say that again. Um, I was going to say they can reach us. They can inflict pain. They can try to pull us down as well but we need to learn how to breathe through the pain, I guess. Or is it seeing ourselves in all pieces? So even those parts that seem scary or we're afraid of meeting Mm -hmm. it in love, 
And knowing mm-hmm. that it is a part of the whole, we can't have the light without the shadow. The light actually wouldn't exist. Our world would be so much, it would be dull if there was only light. So can we meet even these parts that feel scary and demon that happen to come in and meet it in love and acceptance because they are parts of us that are asking to be seen. Yes. And I can do that for myself, but Mm -hmm. I'm terrified that nobody else would be able to, because so far, most of my family and friends have not even come close to being able to. So now I'm. I, but I can do that for myself. I can, and, I think, which is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. So the more and more you do that for you, you then give, give your children to do the same and anybody mm-hmm. who's in your circle and in your field to do the same, right? Yeah. Cause your work ripples out. So it doesn't matter what other people are choosing. Cause that's their journey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's beautiful. What part of you is if you were to fully see yourself and fully love yourself and you were no longer stuck, what would that look like, sound like, feel like? Um, I would be a, a famous cosmetologist that oh. is able to um, completely transform like from the inside out just by me hearing them and giving them some tools and intuitively doing what I do, which is a lot like what you just did with me. It's so easy for other people, but sometimes I need help with my own. We we all do. We all do. I don't care who you are. We all do. Yeah. And um, I want to in particular help caretakers because I was a military wife and for 14 years straight, I had babies every other year and I was day and night, 24 hours a day, not even getting two hours break per week, um, taking care of them and just feeling broken and weak a lot of the time, even though I was doing an incredible work and also breaking generational chains and overcoming demons in the process of caretaking all the time. So... Where are you caretaking for you right now? Um, well, right now it's hard because I'm trying to get a decent job, even though I feel like I want to do just what I love to do, which is what I do naturally, which is creating and being present with people. Yeah. And I have a lot of intuitive abilities. Um, but right now I'm working FedEx midnight shift and evening shifts just to get by on rent. And it's my yeah. first time in the world by myself. Um, because I was, yeah. Are you a single, you're a single mama, single mom now. Yeah. But, um, also before I became a mom, I was the second mom and I was caretaking for my foster brother, brother and sister, and also a bunch of other foster kids for my parents. And they were very codependent on me. And so I, um, married right out of that situation. I tried and tried to like move out and do my own thing, but they're like, wait, we need you. We need you. Yeah. So pretty much since age 13, I've been caretaking kind of like as a second mom and then as a full-time military mom and with not very much support, um, in or out of the home. So that piece that you shared earlier of feeling not worthy, your world Mm -hmm. is reflecting that, right? Because man, you have to give Mm -hmm. all the time because you are unworthy of 
others giving to you. You're unworthy of the world giving to you and actually supporting you in what you're wanting in life. So Mm -hmm. this is something that we'll do offline if you're, if you're open, but I do want to do an NLP process with you. That's clearing that belief that you're unworthy. That'll be good. And it really only has to do with um, money because I do feel totally supported in every way, which means I've shifted quite a bit. Mm -hmm. People show up right when I need them as I need them. Beautiful. Um, But I, I can't get past the money barrier. And I know that's a generational thing too. I have lines of people that have worked to exhaustion all the time and not been paid, you know, nearly what worth. So, well, and money is such an interesting dynamic because uh, I love that you're speaking to the generational piece because if there is trauma or there are beliefs that they do get passed down through the lineage. So especially mm-hmm. as we're talking with religion, right? Also with religion, what do you do with money? You give a big portion of your income to this religion to build up Zion, to build up their things that they're wanting, wanting to build. And so it's conditioned within our DNA. I don't know how far back your roots go within Mormonism, but it's in, it's in the lineage. You work hard, you give away your time, your efforts, your talents, all to the building up of the kingdom of God, right? Yeah. And as women, we give away our whole body and our sleep and our sanity and everything else. Yeah. And we're required to, I mean, we're expected to do it. Right. And yeah. Well, and we make covenants and ordinances to that. Yeah, it's true. So there came a time when I just, I mean, two and a half years ago, I had a total, total nervous breakdown and, and breaking open of myself. And I threw it just all, I said, I'm just throwing it all off and I'm going to unlearn and be done. And so I literally like rebelled against the religion and against my marriage too. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the marriage anymore. It was never a, like a real companionship. I was alone in it. So, so that was, you've been out of religion for two and a half years or did I get that right? No, I only got kicked out last year. You got kicked out. <laughs> yeah. What, do you mind sharing that? Definitely <laughs> got kicked out. Yeah. So I was attending beauty school for a full year last year. I graduated in August and I think it was in April that it was interesting, but I was feeling desperate because two and a half years ago, I called what was my husband. Um, he was deployed during that time. It was during the COVID shutdowns the very, very beginning, it was like the last six weeks of school. And all of a sudden I was online schooling six out of seven of my kids. <laughs> and I, I just, I broke after about three weeks and I called him and I said, I need a divorce. Like this has not really been a marriage ever, even when you're home. So, um, that's when I did, but I didn't have the strength to follow through because he would talk me out of it. And I needed his cooperation because we have a bunch of kids involved and it could get, I didn't want it to get ugly. I wanted them to be healthy and happy through it and for things to shift in a way that they could start growing again. And that would be better for both of us. So, um, I told him I needed a divorce, but it wasn't until a full year later that I, went to drastic measures because I just felt still powerless in my ability to be heard in the marriage. And he had been doing well for eight, eight months to like start being present in our family and with our kids. And I thought, Oh, maybe this is changing. But, um, 
I basically, while I was in beauty school, I met a homeless man that I was very, um, it's like, I'd say electricity. I mean, drawn to like yeah. a magnet, really powerful electricity. And, um, I ended up just almost becoming obsessive with him. I would try to find him on the streets and make sure he had lunch and stuff like that. And then I started just holding his hand here and there. Um, he was laying down in his tent one time and I was just holding his hand. I felt homeless all my life because yeah. I felt like I abandoned myself early on. So I've always related to homeless people, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it ended up that I ended up making out with him. And what's interesting is that I actually had a dream wherein I was at my biological father's house. Um, and this guy actually reminds me of my biological father who was gone out of my life at age four. But um, I was at the wicker house and this homeless man was laying on the couch in this dream. And I went up to him and I kissed him in front of everyone on purpose. Mm-hmm. And they all saw it. And I felt like something was broken then. Some kind of binding was completely some cord was in a way. Um, but also my temple covenants were broken at the same time. And I did it on purpose because I knew that was the only way that I would have the strength to actually follow through with divorce. Yeah. Yeah. So then that happened and you followed through with divorce and then I, and then the religion piece unwound too at the same time. Yeah. So I got to have an interview with the bishopric and then the stake presidency. And I was really proud of myself, but I can't believe how much I've grown from then to now because I had such a shaky voice um, in standing up for myself. I, I let them know. I said, I said, cause, cause you know, God leaves you. His presence leaves you if you sin. Right. So, um, I told them that that's what they teach. Yes. But that's not true. Yeah. So I basically said, no, as a matter of fact, God and Christ, they've been with me through the whole thing. Mm. And I felt total rebirth two and a half years ago during my nervous breakdown. Um, I remember walking at, at beauty school for the next several weeks after this happened. And all of a sudden I just remembered who I am. So I was walking mm. around in my head saying, I am, I am. And I felt the fullness of me, my power come in. So I told the bishopric, I said, not only is Christ with me, but he is in and through me. And um, I'm healing. He's been walking me every step of this way, every step of my journey. And um, the state president basically told me, well, they all told me in different words that I'm deceived. And the, now these are, I have to say, I have to put a plug in for my bishop and my state president, because they are some of the most meek and humble and genuine men that I've ever mm-hmm. known. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have to say, I said, okay, so you're telling me that my ability to receive direction for my life from God, um, that your, you know, your authority to be able to hear God in my behalf trumps my own. And, and he basically said like, yeah, like that's what the priesthood is. And I said, I, I hold the priesthood power as well. And and the priesthood to me is just the power given to men to do God's will. Right. That's the definition that I love. So, um, I was proud of myself for standing up for myself, but I couldn't believe how looking back 
now here's my new self that I could sit there and say that just fine without a shaky voice, but yeah, it was fine <laughs> to stand up for myself back then. But and how did that feel? Even though it was terrifying on the other side of that, how did that feel? It was awesome. Mm. So awesome. And, you know, I had to build up to that through speaking my voice to my husband. Um, and I've been terrified of men since I can remember from the time I was little, because I, I actually had a biological father that had joined a fundamentalist, pretty extreme, a break off of the Mormon church, um, that practiced polygamy and his, his, uh, idea of women is that women need to be obedient to their husbands, you know, just very fundamentalist. And he was projecting that, I think on my mom, even when she was pregnant with me. And then, and then I've also had memories come up through dreams about, um, brainwashing through ritual abuse, um, by him. And he's not aware. I don't think because there was something that came over his eyes when it happened in the dream when I was four years old. So, um, yeah, so it was kind of brainwashed into me from a young age, like mm-hmm. men have authority over you. And, and so I found that I've always had a very obedient spirit and people pleasing. And, um, I'm kind of like Ella enchanted at the very end of that movie where she says, I will no longer obey. That's, that's exactly the curse that I'm breaking. I mean, in the midst of, because I haven't broken it completely, but yeah, I, hmm. man, I just want to honor you in sharing everything that you've shared, because I know that's vulnerable and it's beautiful and part of your human journey that holy cow, Rachel, really beautiful. And thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. It is always interesting, the things that we do that we think we would never do. And yet it gives us opportunities like with, I, and I've spoken to this in a podcast before in one of my marriages, I had an affair and I never in a million years thought I would do that, but it was the only way that would get me out of that marriage because I wouldn't have done it any other way. And I didn't realize it at the time, but later looking back, it was like, and then I was no, I was free. There was something about that because what is adultery, right? It's a sin closest to murder. And all of a sudden, holy crap, I just did one of the worst imaginable things within the Mormon church's eyes and within my family system. And now I'm free. So it's interesting the things that we choose and then also the things that we pass judgment on with others. And yet all of this is just part of our experience for so many different reasons for learning, for growth, for actually bringing parts of you back to you. Like mm-hmm. how beautiful with that story that you are finding and pulling back your voice that has been gone since you were quite young, sharing possible abuse type things that are going on in your field. And that's something I would love to chat with you, but we'll chat offline. One of the things that I um, have been shown is And I'm trying to decide if we dive into this a little bit or not, but the ritualistic abuse that happens within religion, and I don't care what religion it is. It's very real, very real. And Mm -hmm. nine times out of, well, it always involves sexual abuse all the time. 
And what I was shown is that there is something that gets implanted energetically into the person being abused. And it looks very similar to something that's very sacred, but it's a little tweaked. And I found it really interesting to be shown this because what it does, like you're talking about with Ella enchanted or that even seeing your father in that dream that had this thing kind of come over him is in our society and in our world when within religion, a lot of times things can look and feel like truth, but something's just a little tweaked. And that tweaking is actually what pulls and is like that little shadow piece that we're talking about that will anchor somebody into that and actually create some sort of a, uh, allegiance almost allegiance, casting a spell. Like this is where it's kind of that black magic. Yeah. And what the gifts in that, right. Are the ability to, to have that experience. So then you can then see the other side of, I'm not afraid of that anymore because I've been there, done that. And now I can actually alchemize that, pull that into the whole of all that I am, have mm-hmm. more understanding, more ability to love others in a way that most people can't. And no wonder I've had my voice suppressed. No wonder I've had all these parts of me fractal out and guess what? It's time for them to come back home now. Cause I'm ready to feel whole. Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. You described it perfectly. It's, it seems so complicated when you have no idea what's going on and, and people that do discover it, it feels like, I mean, we are just seen as crazy. No, that never happened. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's when you try to escape the, the spell that, (laughs) I mean, it's just crazy. All the things that happen to try to escape. And then once you do escape, it's like, now I'm just in unknown territory. There's no book for this. There's no right. step thing. And it's kind of scary, but hopefully over time I'll learn to trust myself. And well, of course it feels scary because you've never been here. So it does feel scary. And yet I love one of my favorite sayings is fear is often excitement without the breath. And we're just stepping into the unknown. So, you know, the places, you know, the places within you that have felt trapped, suffocated, all those things that you were talking about, you have known that. And now you're asking for a different experience. So anything outside that, even though you don't want to feel that anymore, anything outside that will feel scary because you've known the shit. You've known what it feels like to feel this place of suppression of not speaking your truth of not all of these places, you know, that now you're asking to not feel that. So it's going to feel scary as shit. Yeah. And uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, the more unlearning we have to do, I guess. I mean, because I feel like this generational stuff comes from both sides, down both lines so strongly. I mean, there's a lot of generational abuse that I have already um, helped to stop. Yeah. But I told my kids, you know, I've worked myself to beyond exhaustion, beyond broken to give you the gift of being able to critically think and to choose your own path, but there's still more work to do. Um, I still have passed on, you know, some things that. And they chose into that with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're amazing. So I think they'll do just fine with it. I, it is like, there's that part of us that wants our children to have that innocence and to be able to maintain that innocence. But then there's the other part for me that I'm understanding and embracing more and more of how grateful I am that my kids have access to tools and abilities, unlike anything that I got to have when I was their age. 
And so I'm really excited to see what they'll choose to do now that they have these skills to navigate life and be able to see their stuff at a young age and be able to move through it. Like, wow. Yeah. I, I have to share that my two middle daughters, um, came to me last year. It had to have been in June, both of them within about two or three weeks of each other, my middle daughters, they're the ones that have probably been ignored a little just because there's a lot of craziness going on. (laughs) But, um, they both said similar things. Um, one, one said, mom, I feel like there was this weight lifted off in March, April. Um, that's when I made out with homeless man. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) She said, I just feel like more, more happy, more light, like life is going to be okay. And then my other daughter, just a little older came to me and said, I feel free to choose my own path now. And so, so yeah, if, if none of my other work did anything like that is worth it. My little daughter is my middle daughter. Yeah. And this, this so beautifully illustrates something I was shown. I was really frustrated. There's a book called it didn't start with you that actually goes to the science of how generational trauma comes forward and how they've actually been able to show scientifically that yes, generational trauma comes through the lineage, um, at least seven generations. And Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as everything that you're speaking to, how important that work is. And I see it with clients all the time. And I was feeling really frustrated. Like why on earth would we choose to have, would we, why I don't want to pass down my trauma into my kids. Like why would our lineage, why would we choose this as a construct with the design? Right. So I was sitting with it one day and I was asking about this and I was shown something really fascinating and you just spoke to this, but one of my other favorite sayings is pain pushes until the soul calls. So what if when we go into this stuff to go clear, because we're feeling it, that pain pushes, we go in and we clear this. What I was shown is when we clear it, all the gifts from our our lineage that they grew and cultivated because they were going through those different painful pieces, those gifts also come forward. So when that is cleared and unbound and unwound out of our field, now all the gifts from all of those generations also come forward. Yes, it's so true. Um, I think it was a couple of years ago where I figured out my own definition of honoring and exactly what true honoring does, which is to see the thing, whatever generational thing, or the people for all that they are, the shadows and the light, the demons, the general curses, things. And once you do that, um, then, sorry about that. There was a a call. Um, then basically, um, by not honoring, by blocking ourselves and cause I definitely put my parents up on a pedestal. I mean, that's how they set themselves as the authority voice. And so I did that to avoid being punished. And I just saw them as God, just as I saw God as right. this authority voice over me. Um, but when you actually start honoring, um, then there's this barrier or block that's completely removed. And, and you're right. All of that, all the power, all the gifts, all the beauty and the light just is able to flow mm-hmm. free. So yeah, that's, um, something that I actually taught a lot. That was probably one of the main things in beauty school when people were strict, cause people would come to me with major issues in their relationship with their mother or father. And I said, forgive, 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 you know, Ho'oponopono is a Hawaiian forgiveness method that I taught mm-hmm. and honor. And once you do, then you'll be given greater, greater power over your life. 
I love that. And I love what, when we can see and hold people, when you're talking to the honoring, when we can hold them for just recognizing that they're doing the best that they can with what they know and with Mm -hmm. what they have. And then when we can also go in and, and recognize the gifts and the things that we have experienced through our lives, there actually is no need for forgiveness because there's an understanding there of, of recognition that a we're human and mm-hmm. be in all things we're asking for experience. So what did I grow through that painful piece? And once we can acknowledge that we can see that and we can pull that in, it yep. allows for these, un- these things to unbind. And I just had a conversation too today with someone about forgiveness. And it's like, forgiveness doesn't mean we forget. Cause that was a piece that I think people, people often construe the two and Forgiveness just allows for our energy to no longer be zapped into whatever that thing was. It's like, I can, I can see and hold you for, yep, that happened. And that may not have been okay. And that created a lot of pain, but guess what? This are the things that I grew from it. And I can forgive that experience and I may not forget, but I can still be in a place of loving and loving myself first allowing that to radiate out. And one thing you said earlier, when you were saying that, you know, you kept starting to hear, I am, I think is a really beautiful piece that you're adding into this because I am that I am Mm -hmm. right. In my experience, Jesus was not born into a world where he was perfect. He went later on and had maybe what people would call a break, you know, uh, some sort of a psychosis break. He went into the mountains for 40 days and 40 nights. And when he came out of it, he knew he had an awakening. And when you're talking about how you had, did you say you had a, what did you call your, you said, uh, my rebirth or no, you called it a break. And I'm like, Oh, I don't love that. It's like, no, you were just awakening. <laughs> I was. Yeah. I call it a nervous breakdown. Yes. Total rebirth. <laughs> it was a breakdown of what no longer served. And sometimes that looks and feels like you're going crazy but you're really letting, you're coming home. Yes. Yeah. I, looking back, I mean, I've been taught so much about that whole experience, even in the past, I mean, from month to month and week to week, it's crazy what comes through, but it is, it pretty much feels like, and so people I'm like, let people be drawn to me that are going through this too, because it does feel like you're going totally crazy and everybody around you might see you as going crazy, but what's happening is that um, you've been pushed down into the earth. And so you've been pushed a little further, further, further into the darkness. And then when it's your time, then you bust out of the seat and, and start sprouting. And then you start feeling that first kind of waves of light and then the fullness of everything. I mean, your senses are heightened in every way and yeah. it can be really terrifying. And you feel really vulnerable too, because you've had this outer protective shell You've been in the womb really mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a long time and thinking that you were, I mean, I was just thinking about this this morning. It's like we are in the matrix, which means mother. So we're in the womb of mother and here we are in the womb. We're in this warm water and we're comfortable and we're safe, but we're practicing using our muscles by kicking and, and learning how to breathe and things like that. And then once we exit out, it's like this whole new experience and it can be really terrifying because we're totally vulnerable. We don't know how to walk and run and jump yet or anything. So, so then we just go one step at a time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I've had many rebirths 
oh yeah in this I lifetime have to but that, that was probably the most significant one because I was willing I'll to bet. just let everything fall off if it needed oh, to but how beautiful but, yeah. Mm. yeah I was gonna share real quick if it's okay absolutely about, um my my mentor my first awakener is what I call him um eight years ago I was at a health thing in in Utah where they were doing all different modalities of healing, um, in classes and stuff like that with my best friend. And we were both drawn to this man that had really long, dark curly hair that was up back in a bun and a beard. And I looked over at him and I just thought, whoa, like there's something. So I just felt ancient wisdom. And I thought if I were to meet someone like Moses, then I imagine that's what he would feel like, you know, his presence. So, um, I waited my turn to talk to him and I sat down with him and he spoke to me, I think two or three sentences. And I was like, what? (laughs) I wrote him down and I'm like, let me study these for the next 10 years. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, immediately my soul was so hungry for whatever it was that he had found. I, I sensed in him a sense of he understood his power and he was free from the stuff that I was not free from. And so I felt very drawn to him. And over the course of the next four years, I would go to his front yard and, and I would talk to him for a couple hours at a time. And he would listen very, I mean, he was very present with me. And then he would only say one phrase or he would do one motion And it took me literally five years to understand what those things meant. (laughs) So he was my first awakener. And um, after I met him is, is when I started having major, like just shifts, visions and dreams and everything. Mm, Beautiful. How amazing is it that people come into our lives at the exact time we need them? Yeah, it is amazing. So, yeah, yeah, I, I do trust and surrender to the process and I'm open to it. I just, after certain things happen, I'm like, I, I think some of the old programming still comes in a little bit when there's really intense experience Mm -hmm. and well, you, you know, that things are in layers. Yeah. We'll clear one part of the program, then something deeper will come up and then something deeper, for me, I like one of my programs around control, equal safety. Like I am constantly clearing another layer, another layer, another layer. And yeah, it's always, that's why it's like, okay, one step at a time and just trusting that when I'm ready for the next thing, it'll come in. And then, and we just get to get to a place to where we start navigating it with a let, with an attitude that's more about, oh, look how this is serving me instead of, ah, oh, shit, what else is coming into my world? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been a very unique, like I, we didn't even really dive into your story too much, but I, we've been recording for an hour. So we probably need to wrap up. Is there anything else that you feel that you want to just share or speak to or offer into this space before we close? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I just wanted to give everybody a lot of encouragement and love on your journey because it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not easy. And I, 
I wanted to say that when um, this first awakener that I told you about, the last time that I saw him, he was standing 10 feet away from me and intensely looking at me straight on. And in his mind, he's saying, Rachel, do you want to be part of this work that I'm doing? And my soul said, yes. And then we ended up going inside and my kids were coloring and I whispered to him, I said, but how? Um, Because of my life circumstances, I didn't see any way. He said, don't worry about it. And then we gave each other a hug and he said, see you soon. And I've never seen him since. Um, But I knew in that instance that if I was saying yes, I understood that I could be giving up literally everything of my world that I knew. Mm. And my soul still said, yes, (laughs) this is my work. I need to do this. Yeah. So it can be terrifying, but. Have you had clarity what that work is since? Uh, a lot off and on. I, I still have plenty of moments of self-doubt because that's been the bane of my existence, self-doubt. But I have lots of breakthroughs and lots of clarity. Um, I just don't have, for some reason, can't seem to focus yet and direct myself and set goals because I unprogrammed myself from all that. I, I practiced such extreme self-discipline for too many years. Yeah. Like, okay, I need to bring some of that back in. So now I don't know how to navigate it yet, but. Mm, I've learned a lot about that, which we can have a conversation, another conversation at another time about that. But one of the pieces that I'm being shown is look at how beautiful of an example, just an existence of a human in this life, fully embodied, just holding that space for you. And then imparting the wisdom that, that however he was shown and given to impart to you and how significant that was in opening who you were and assisting you then to kind of start propelling into where you're at today is that, is this work not just being that is that? Yeah. Is that not what Jesus was showing as well? This can you do? And then some, yes, it's, yep. It's true. Yep. So what Um, if there's no doing, but being, Yes, exactly. That's, that's kind of what I've been living for a while. I just, I get extremely frustrated with everything to do with the system and the internet and money and all the scammers out there. I can't even, uh, that's my only stress and frustration in life. I'm like, let me just live outside in a tent and I'll learn how to survive. (laughs) That's where I'm at. I'm totally willing to do that. I just feel the need also to be here for my kids in whatever way I can. And just being is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's a, Oh, I want to continue this conversation, but I know we need to wrap up this because it, it, everything comes to choice, right? You, and Mm -hmm. what do we desire in life? There is that piece as well. And then we get to harness our energy so that it's geared toward that thing that we are desiring. But then it's this really beautiful dance between flow, surrender and structure Mm -hmm. that, that is a really unique thing. And I feel like it's something that is difficult to speak to because it's something that gets to continually be experienced. Like, how do I create that structure to harness this energy to get towards where I'm wanting to go? Because this is my soul, my heart's desire, because we are the gods, we are the creators of our reality. So what do we want to create in our worlds? And you're this beautiful creator. And I know that I don't know what I don't know. So then I get to surrender into the flow of, okay, God, source, my higher self, whatever it is, show me my next step. Mm -hmm. 
because you and I both know things never turn out the way that we picture them or we create as far as, oh, this is what I want. This is how it's going to look like. And it's like, oh, really? Let me show you how it's actually going to be because it's always different. Yeah. I, I think I'm awesome at flow and surrender, but I'm not great at structure right now. Yeah. Um, but it would help to maybe have a job that has specific set hours. Cause I start at a different time every morning and mm-hmm. evening. So mm-hmm. it's all different times in the early, early morning. Well, well, we'll clear that worthy piece. And then I'll be curious okay. to see what else comes into your field. Is there yeah. any, are, so are you working with clients? Are you, what are you, this other part of you that's more passionate, if someone wanted to connect with you just to connect with you, is that something that's available? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, last year when the whole, I am came into view, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, um, like probably exactly what the mountain men had the effect on me. They were also just drawn to me, drawn to me, drawn to me. Mm. So I've had to learn how to it's okay for me not to give of my energy and time to anyone that I don't want to. Yeah. So and good for me, but yeah. Um, people are drawn to me. I just, right now I don't feel like I can give more than basically functioning enough for my kids with all yeah. the hours, which is yeah. so sad because my life should be <laughs> to everything. There's a time and a season. Yeah. So give yourself grace for how much amazingness that you're doing right now. And being a single mom and supporting your kids and doing everything the best that you can right now. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Well, then I will, for now we won't, there's no contact info or anything for you then. Right. I just, I want to, I want to allow that to be available if that's something you would like. And if not, that's completely great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think, I don't check my messages on Facebook because I get way, way too many all the time. So I'm done doing that. But, um, I do have a, uh, I'm trying to think what would be the best. Probably fill, fill into it. And then I can put it in the show notes. We can, we can talk. Yeah. Just share that with that me with that later. And then I can put that into the show notes if people want to get in touch with you. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much for stepping in this space. Is there anything else that you feel like, or does it feel complete? No, I think it's complete. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am very curious to hear how you all enjoyed this episode. One of the things that I've thought about recently is I'd love to do interactive episodes, which is a little tricky to do um, as there's really no way to do it live via podcast that I'm aware of now, unless I was going to go on YouTube or do something like that. But I want, I really want to start doing um, opportunities for those of you that are are really in a place of just needing some direction to be able to come in to step into this space and to you know allow yourself to be open and allow me to assist you in coming back to yourself and to finding those places within you that are asking to be seen so if this is something that is of interest to you a i'd be curious how you enjoyed this podcast so please share whether it's through that facebook group the leaving religion facebook group or message me on my Amanda Joy Loveland pages, either on Facebook or on Instagram, I would really, really love your feedback. And if this is something that you enjoyed, I do want to keep doing it. So 
yeah, give me your feedback. I, again, I so appreciate Rachel and her willingness and her beauty and her knowledge and her wisdom of all the things that she's grown and cultivated. And I will share in the show notes the way in which you can get in contact with her. And one of the pieces that many have asked for is how do I unwind and deconstruct even deeper, especially with some of the things her and I touched on. And I did create that meditation bundle. That's actually a four process, a four step process four different guided meditations that are journeys to unwinding in the energetic realms, those places within you that are bound. So head over to my website, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash leaving religion tools. And you can find that bundle there. Also, you are probably familiar that I wrote a book that's assisting you in unwinding those places as well. It is Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. If you search that on Amazon, you can find it, or I will put the show, the link in the show notes below. And then my, re- my experience that's coming up that I get to co-facilitate September 22nd through 25th. Again, if you're feeling a soul's yes, come join us. Head over to my website again, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash in body, I N B O D Y, and secure your spot today. And I hope that this episode allowed for yourself to, there's like a permission piece here, right? We get to allow ourselves to be seen. And the more we allow ourselves to be seen in all ways, We give permission to others to do the same because at the end of the day, we just want to feel loved and we want to be able to love ourselves first. So can you love all those parts of you that are asking to be seen, witnessed, and held regardless of how they look? Wherever you are today, sending you all so much love. 